Hello, everyone, and welcome to tonight's edition of the Draft Countdown Podcast. I'm your co-host, Brian Bosard. As always, I'm joined by my co-host, Shane P. Hallam. Shane, we are 182 days, 22 hours, 59 minutes, and 44 seconds away from the 2023 NFL Draft. Yes, it's it's coming up. We're, we're already zooming through the college season, through the NFL season, and uh, I'm excited. We're talking some offensive line tonight, which is always fun. So it's going to be it's going to be a good one. Yeah, it is. Uh, and if you've got any questions, go ahead and ask them in the chat. Uh, if you're on Twitter, go to at Draft Countdown. Ask your questions there. We will answer them. Or if you're a member of the Draft Countdown Discord. Uh, go in there and answer your questions. We will answer them there as well. And if you're not a member of the Draft Countdown Discord and would like to be, go to draftcountdown.com. It's on the toolbar at the top there, and you can join. We have a lot of fun in there, especially on game day, Shane. So uh, everybody needs to join up on the Discord. Yeah, I would love to get more people in there to, uh, to talk on Saturdays, Sundays, all the days in between. It's uh, It's been fun. We're growing a little bit, so hope to see you there. We, we sure are. Uh, but Shane, this has been a big week. Uh, we normally talk about injuries and stuff that's not fun, but we've had a lot of trades, a lot of trades in the NFL. And one took place, what, like, was it not, was it after we're Sunday night or something? And, uh, no, it was, anyway, it wasn't long after. We didn't get to discuss it last week, I don't believe. Did we? Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't think that we did. Yeah, I think it happened. Well, anyway, but uh, he's in San Francisco Wait. now, and Carolina got a heap of draft picks for him, a 2023 second, third, and fourth, and a 2024 fifth-round pick uh, goes to the Panthers for Christian McCaffrey. So I guess uh, twofold here, Shane. Uh, what's his impact on the 49ers this year? And then uh, do you think that was a satisfactory return for McCaffrey? I think he has a decent impact this year. Um, This is another weapon more than just a running back. I think a lot of people have criticized the trade. Like, why you don't trade that for a running back? And I I, I get it. I probably wouldn't have made it. But he is a a pass catcher. He is an offensive weapon like they've used Debo Samuel. I think in a few weeks, I mean, the NFC is pretty bad. San Francisco will make the playoffs. I think in a few weeks we'll see what they're going to do with him. If I'm Carolina, I, I love this deal. It's a lot of money. I know they're going to sacrifice the money this year. Like, who cares? You're going to pay it anyway, uh, right? It'll be off the books next year. And you're getting a ton of draft picks to rebuild. You already fired your coach. Might as well. Might as well have a little bit of a fire sale if you can. May not, Like you said, it may not be the only uh, player on that team that gets moved before two. Is it Tuesday's the deadline? Yeah, I think we're coming up on it uh, on Tuesday. So, we'll see. Um, McCaffrey wasn't the only running back that got moved. Uh, the Jets were kind of spurned on. Uh, Brees Hall uh, out for the season after an injury Sunday. Uh, but the Jets, uh, they're winning, so didn't want to you know see anything hurt them. Uh, they flip a fifth-round pick in next year's draft to Jacksonville to uh, get running back James Robinson, uh, who had kind of been supplanted there by last year's first-round pick, Travis Etienne. So uh, Jacksonville – I mean, get what they can for a guy who was undrafted. Uh, the Jets get a good running back that can uh, – I feel like this is a win-win. I, I do too. I think if you're the Jets, you, Michael Carter, you don't want him to carry the whole load. Uh, you and I both know how good he is. We scouted him. I think he'll still have a big role there. I love James Robinson. Uh, you can search on the site. 
for I, I posted my article that I posted back when he was draft eligible, uh, comparing him to David Johnson. The Achilles injury has slowed him down, but we'll see what happens. Uh, I think you know what I think the biggest detriment to this is Urban Meyer. I think it's basically like, why did you draft Travis Etienne? Like, like you know, there's no need to have both of those running backs on the team. They don't need both. I think uh, Doug Peterson and company realize that, and Trent Bulky realizes that. So, um, Etienne's looking good this this week. And Robinson will help the Jets. I think it's a good good deal. Um, another trade: Dallas uh, will be acquiring defensive tackle Jonathan Hankins and a 2024 seventh round pick. Uh, the Raiders get a 2023 sixth round pick in exchange here. The Raiders they are not in a good way right now, so they seem to be dumping a few pieces here uh, as well. But a good depth piece for Dallas. They need to stop the run, and that's what Jonathan Hankins does well. And honestly, I think the Raiders have a lot of riches on the defensive line. I think that's their strongest point. They really couldn't get him on the field. So you might as well take a pick for him if you, if you can. And lastly, today, uh, Philadelphia acquires defensive end Robert Quinn from Chicago for a 2023 fourth-round pick. Um so Quinn on the move, Philadelphia, they're going all in on their undefeated so far here. They're adding some pieces. Uh, Chicago eats the money this year. Philadelphia basically can void the last two years of the deal uh, if they need if need be. So uh, this is a pass rush piece for this season only, I would imagine. And, uh, you know, Philadelphia gets the piece. Uh, thoughts on this trade? I think it's a potential steal for Philly. I know he's 32, but. Robert Quinn's still good. You're getting a, a position of need, a, a rotational pass rusher who can get after the quarterback. And I, I really like it for the Eagles. I get it for the Bears. Um, they're not going anywhere this year, but it's, it's a really good move, kind of like what Von Miller last year, you know, for the Rams. I think very similar position here. Uh, speaking of pass rushers that could be on the move, uh, rumors circulating that uh, former top five pick Bradley Chubb could be on his way out of Denver uh, within the next few days. Um, you Are you buying that? And if so, what kind of return can Denver expect here uh, for Chubb, who I imagine is going is want to get paid wherever he goes? I, I could see it. I, I think he's been a little bit disappointing. Um, not that he's been bad. I think Bradley Chubb is a good pass rusher, a good player. I think there was hope that he would be this elite takeover for Von Miller type, and he really hasn't been. I, I still think you're getting, you're hoping maybe for a, a second or third round pick, uh, probably probably a third at this point, because the team's going to have to pay him, like you said. So that's going to factor in. Um, it. I'm interested to see because I don't know if Denver is going to be wholesale selling guys yet, um, especially when it looks like Nathaniel Hackett might have to coach for his job. Like you probably want players there to try to win these games. Also rumored from just from Denver or wide receivers, Jerry Judy and KJ Hamler, both uh, rumored to be on the block as well. I saw that earlier. Anybody else you think potentially could get moved uh, between now and Tuesday? I, I really wonder if we see some wide receiver trades happen. I think we have a lot of teams that need that. 
Uh, there's been some rumors, and, and I don't think the rumors are the, the teams are trying to trade these players, but that teams are calling to see you know, a guy like Brandon Cooks in Houston or Chase Claypool in Pittsburgh um, that might be in excess for bad teams that want to move them. I, I feel like we're going to see one wide receiver trade happen. Maybe it's the Packers. Maybe it's um, one of these teams that have had an injury like the Chargers and, and see if uh, someone trades for a receiver here coming up. It's going to be interesting. Don't We don't usually see this kind of activity uh, within the week of the NFL trade deadline, so it's kind of fun to see. Since they backed it up, you know, it's been more. It's been more, a lot more fun. More. Say that. Teams, teams at this point know that they're out by this point now. You know, whereas before when it was after week five or week six, I mean, everybody still had a puncher's chance. Now, if you're one in six or whatever, yeah, you let's just go get this over with. Um, let's move on to college football now and let's look back at week eight. Shane, uh, we both watched a fair amount of football last weekend and um, I watched a couple of quarterbacks I could have talked about here in my offensive player. One, I'm not going to because I refuse. The other that I will talk about is another guy who has seemed to have a sort of rebirth potentially as an NFL draft prospect, and that's LSU quarterback Jaden Daniels. Uh, phenomenal game against uh, Mississippi last week. Completed 75% of his passes, 369 yards of total offense, five touchdowns. Looked really good throwing the football. Uh, they finally started getting Kayshawn Butte back involved a little bit there in the offense. And lo and behold, hey, they dropped 45 points uh, in that football game. So Jaden Daniels' uh, revival here, Shane, what do you think? He's he's looked good after the beginning of the year. He couldn't throw and hit the broadside of a barn. And now they've really built the offense around him. I'll say – we all make fun of Brian Kelly. Uh, you know, we have a group chat. We make fun of Brian Kelly plenty in his Southern all accent. <laughs> but one, one thing I'll give him credit for is he molds his system to the players. Like, he will change what he does. And we're seeing that at LSU. It took a little while. Uh, but we're seeing the offense be molded to Jane Daniels, to Keyshawn Boutte, to the offensive line. And that's why I think LSU is, is on the uptick here. So NFL prospects, I don't know, but. I mean, I said that about Bo Nix at the beginning of the season, so I'll never say never <laughs> with any of these guys. Um, that game in a couple of weeks got is getting a lot more interesting now. Uh, they host Alabama on a Saturday night in Baton Rouge two weeks or about a week and a half from now. Uh, who's Who stood out to you on offense this week, Shane? I have a couple of good offensive guys, but I think I got to go with uh, with my guy that that we've talked about on the podcast often is uh, Andre Isivas, the wide receiver from Princeton, lit up Harvard. Um, like as long as you're not uh, as long as you're not watching Brian, he he's lighting it up. Nine passes, 176 yards, a long touchdown. I mean, he he was dominant. He was open more than that, and they couldn't get the ball to him. Um, track star, shot put star who is big, long, looks like an NFL player. And last year, it was like, oh, wow, this guy's really athletic. And this year, it's, this guy's a really good receiver. And I think when you see that transition happen, then you start talking NFL. I, I, I think he's the Christian Watson of this year. I don't think he'll go that high. He's playing in the Ivy League. But I, I think we third round, I think, is a real possibility. Yeah, I included him on my list of players. I think we'll be at the Senior Bowl uh, last week, 
Uh, yeah, I watched him three catches, 39 yards. You watching me almost goes for 200. It's damn the luck, I guess. Uh, and a couple, I like Tucker Craft went on. I had a couple of uh, these small school guys going off. So, not the long snapper from Weber State, though. <laughs> the, the four, I, I did not include in my article, you know, four safeties for Weber State. Uh, it was all on snaps, punt snaps. <laughs> I like, I, I was, I, I did not watch that game live, so I skipped the punts, and then you tweeted that to me, and I went back and, and I watched. <laughs> and didn't they great. not lose the game by like th- uh, five points or something? And they yeah, get like yeah, it was points on safeties, right? So they they like probably would have won that game. They yeah, they lost. Uh, I think they lost by five. I think that's what it was. Um, six points. So without the safeties, they may have won it. Uh, my defensive player that I watched this week. Let's let's stay home here, and uh, let's talk about South Carolina cornerback Darius Rush. We talk a lot about Cam Smith. And rightfully so, Cam Smith is very, very good. Um, but I wanted to bring up Rush because he's getting target targeted a lot, and he's rising to the challenge. He's got great length, 6'2", 196, against uh, Texas A&M, the big win last week, eight tackles, six solos, so he can play the – you know, plays the run uh, well there, forced a fumble, broke up a pass, and had an interception that he returned for 63 yards – uh, for a near touchdown. So Darius Rush, um, I, I know he's got some fans there. I don't think he's a top 100 guy, but, you know, fifth, fourth, fifth, sixth round, I think you get a uh, quality corner that can come in and play ball for you next year. And, and my senior bowl prediction article on the defense is coming out on Friday, and he, he's on the list. I, I think he's worthy of that with how he's played this year. Darius Rush, um, he's physical. Like he's a tough player. He's one of those. He's one of those day three corners that you can see just sticking around the NFL. Injuries happen. Darius rushes in the game. You hear his name a couple of times. He's not bad. I think that's his NFL future. He's a lot more fluid to me than uh, Israel Mukwamu was a couple of years ago. That was my knock on him is he just couldn't he couldn't turn, uh, which is why he's played safety in the NFL when he has played. Uh, but he couldn't make the turn. I do not think Darius Rush has that issue. I think he's he's fluid. I think he. I don't know how well he'll test, but we'll see. Uh, so yeah, big big fan there of, of how he's played this season. Who's your defensive guy this week, Shane? Uh, so my my defensive player is the edge from Northwestern at a Tomawa at a Ball Ware, and he went up against Jalen Duncan, the offensive tackle from Maryland. And I tweeted, you know, if you ever watch a matchup and you're like, both these guys are good. Uh, sometimes it's not how you write. Usually it's a winner and a loser. I thought both of them won. I mean, there were some reps. Jalen Duncan took him out. But um, Adebowale is raw. He's not a player that I know exactly what he's going to do in the NFL. But strong, athletic, plays really smart, a good spin move. You know, he beat Duncan a couple times and made an impact in that game. Um, they, They moved him around a little bit. He had two sacks. I wonder if he's a fourth round pick that a team takes and just tries to third down, put him on the field, let him pin his ears back and get to the quarterback. Uh, just an intriguing player for me. So uh, he's, he's by him and Duncan highlighted my article, but he's my defense player this week. Yeah. Not a whole lot of positive from Northwestern football this season. Um, 
but good to see that they have some trench players. And we're going to talk about another one here right now, Shane, uh, as we move on to, we're going to talk about the top five offensive linemen available for the 2023 NFL draft. We're looping all of them together, lumping all of them together here. Uh, but we're mostly going to talk about tackles. Uh, only one guard between the both of us uh, here in the top five, which is fine. Uh, but we're going to talk about him here. And number one on my list, number two on yours, is Northwestern offensive tackle Peter Skaronsky. Uh, We have talked about him before, third-year player. Um, we feel like he's going to be similarly compared to his former Northwestern uh, alum there, Rashawn Slater. Uh, because he's going to get dinged for arm length. A lot of people think he could move inside to guard. Um, so that is uh, something that I guess it'll be different on any, every team's boards. But is that how you feel about Skaronsky and how have you felt watching him this year uh, since you watched him just last week? I, I think that's why I have him second instead of first. It's just I'm not sure where he fits because of the arm length because of the size. If you watch him play for his freshman year, true freshman year, true sophomore year, you know, this year as a third year player, every single year, every single game, it's really hard to find massive mistakes, mental errors, hand placement errors. I mean, he is almost flawless in technique from day one at 18 years old. That's usually a good sign for the NFL if you can do that. So I think he's going to be a good player. I think, like Rashawn Slater, I think Peter Skronsky is going to be a good player. I, I think he can play tackle, but um, I, I think there is some worries about the tr the upside against top-tier NFL pass rushers. Um, if he's playing a top-five guy in the league, I think he could struggle. Outside of that, I think he's going to have a good career. The old rule of thumb used to be 34-inch arms. That's kind of been – move back to 33 now, I think is the bare minimum. Uh, so combine, I guess, will be when we'll see see that measurement for Skaronsky. Uh Number three on my board, number one on yours, and because you've watched him uh, a lot more than I have, and that's Paris Johnson uh, Jr., Ohio State third-year player, 6'6", 315. Um Big guy there, Shane, and uh, but hasn't started a whole lot of games, right? Well, right. Last year he played guard for them and um, kicked outside to tackle in the bowl game, and then he's been starting at left tackle for Ohio State all this season. So he's had some experience, but not at the offensive tackle position. Definitely versatile, five-star prospect. Uh, Paris Johnson has the upside. I think when you watch Paris Johnson, you see – the athleticism, the footwork there. Never mind. I'm thinking. All right. All right. <laughs> I, was, I was like, that. I, I was like, I had an anecdote in my head, but that was another player that played at Ohio State last year. Never mind. Um, <laughs> but, but yeah, I mean, I think the athleticism is there, the strengths there. Uh, he's just not super consistent. Like Skaronsky is super consistent and Paris Johnson, there's some bad reps in there and there's some incredible reps against some great big 10 pass rushers. I like the upside as a left tackle. That's why I have him at one. That's fair. Uh, number two on my board, number three on yours is uh, Jalen Duncan from Maryland. We just talked about him and his matchup against West, uh, Northwestern last week. Uh, the times I've watched Duncan, he's big, physical, nasty player. Uh, I don't foresee uh, length uh, or athleticism being an issue for Jalen Duncan at all. 
six six three twenty. He can move. Like I said, he and he plays nasty, man. And uh, that that's what I like in my guys out there on the left side. So I'm a I'm a big fan of Jalen Duncan. I know you are too. Yeah, he gets those flags sometimes. Playing a little too nasty sometimes. Uh, I do tend to like those guys a bit too <laughs> much. He's had his fair share of personal fouls, but I mean, he against Northwestern, he was he drove a guy to the sideline uh, and applause. Like, what, what, what? My God, he's just you know can put these defenders on skates because he he will give that hundred ten percent strong as an ox. Um, usually, don't think Maryland offensive tackles, but you know he, here we are. It's he's 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 got it all. Number four on my board, um, not in your top five here. Um, I'm not sure where he's at on your tackle board, but is uh, Penn State Olufashanu, uh, another guy not dissimilar from Paris Johnson, uh, third-year player, 6'6", 321. He also doesn't have a whole lot of starts under his belt, but his technique in the games that I've watched looks pretty flawless uh, for a guy who doesn't have the amount of starts that you would expect. And um, – but I, I really like him, and he's got another big test coming up this week against Ohio State. So, uh, and I'll be watching that game, which we'll get to later. So, anxious to see how he continues to grow and elevate and, and gets to that, uh, you know, see where he finishes the process. I have him at 12. I think I'm just being cautious at this point. We'll see how he does this week. I thought the Michigan game, some ups and downs, but like you said, very consistent player kind of came out of nowhere. I don't think a lot of people had him high on their boards coming into the season, uh, but filling in that left tackle position that was left at Penn state is a pretty good spot there. And you know, they have athletes all the time and any lines know how to train them up. So Which I just assume he'll, he's going to test well. Whenever, <laughs> that whenever. rat score is going to be in the green, gonna, you know, definite, definite green there. Uh, number four for you is another Buckeye. Shane, uh, we don't want you to get accused of being a homer here. <laughs> but uh, I know, and I, I did not have him on my senior bowl list, and that is going – I'm going to take the L on this one, willing to bet, uh, based off some tweets that got fired off after I uh, put that out. But uh, it's Daywan Jones from Ohio State. And this is a big boy, Shane. Uh, I don't know if he's going to come in at this size, but we've got him listed here at 6'8", 360. I don't know if 360 is a good weight. I assume that that's going to come down a little bit, but if he is a legit six eight three forty, that's still that's that's a, a that's a big man. Yeah, I mean, like that's still pretty good. Um, I I thought last year watching him, I was like, yeah, I, you know, I don't know if this guy's an NFL player, and he he he's he's gotten so much better at understanding space, understanding where the defense is. Um, and he's that he's athletic. He can move for that 340, 360, whatever he is. You have a guy this big that can move like that. If the right team drafts him, he's going to be successful. Uh, so I, I, I think he's going to be a top five offensive lineman taken in the draft. Um, number five for you here is a guy I've got to get more, uh, got to watch him some more here. It's Broderick Jones from Georgia. Third, third year guy. I haven't really focused on him uh, so much when I watched Georgia this year. Six four three fifteen. Uh, tell me about Broderick Jones and what I have missed. I guess. I mean, yeah. When you're you're the blindside blocker for the defending national champs, uh, it's pretty good. And he's you know coming in this year. He's just like a long player who uh, shuffles really well. 
I do like the nastiness in the run game. He has sprung some big runs off that left side. Georgia seems to be favoring that a little bit more uh, with Kenny McIntosh and some of their faster running backs. Um, he doesn't get his hands off you. Like once once he gets a hold of you, you're done. I, I I really like him. It's always tough with some of the underclassmen. You know where where they line up. Are they going to declare? But I, I'm a fan. Uh, number five for me is the only guard we're going to talk about here, or guy who is currently playing guard, I should say. And that's uh, Florida guard Osiris Torrance. Uh, comes in at number five offensive lineman for me. Fourth-year player, 6'5", 335. Transfer from the University of Louisiana. Uh, we really liked him a lot last year. I did as well. Saw him play a couple of times in person. Uh, and He was dominant in the Sun Belt, and he hasn't missed a beat uh, coming up to the SEC. He's been equally as dominant this year for the Gators. Uh and Torrance is in the run game. Uh, not many peers there inside uh, at that position. And I think he is a pretty good uh, pass blocker as well. So I, I think he – I don't know if he's going to be a first-round pick, but I think Osiris Torrance probably in that upper to mid-second round area, especially if he has a good week uh, in Mobile. And they desperately missed him against LSU. <laughs> Florida could have used him uh, in that game. He's coming back against Georgia. Big test. But the, the like you said, the run blocking is phenomenal. Uh, and, you know, he, he moves with Anthony Richardson. He's able to kind of stick, stick that out, stick with his guy a lot more. Uh, I, I really like him. I think him and, and my top guard, Nick Broker from Mississippi, I think they are, are the clear top two for me. Yeah. Well, let's move on now to week nine, Shane, and I believe we have 15 games this week. That sounds right. Uh, yeah, 15 games this week, uh, starting tomorrow night. Uh, this will be my weekly jaunt into the Sun Belt as the University of Louisiana take on the Southern Mississippi Golden Eagles, the pride of Dwayne. They're our regular listener here on the podcast, uh, 6.30 p.m. on ESPN2. Uh, this game, uh, Southern Miss has been playing great defense. Um, not a whole lot on the prospect side, on that side of the ball, but uh, Louisiana has struggled this year. A lot of their players transferred out when Billy Napier left, uh, not not leaving the cover too wide open, uh, so to speak. But um, I really like uh, Jason Brownlee, the Southern Miss wide receiver, I wish they had a quarterback that could throw the football and get him the ball consistently. That has been their problem this year. They have won games this year despite the quarterback play uh, that they've got. Yeah, they have. And I think Frank Gore continues – Frank Gore Jr. I should put the junior on there because his dad's still trying to play football. One of the few uh, times where that's deserved whenever we talk about these guys. You see such and such junior, such and such third, and you have no idea who senior or junior was. But this I, one, you do know who Frank Gore Sr. is. Yeah, I, I write for Steel City Insider for 24-7 Sports, and, and uh, Jim Wexel, the, my boss there, gets so mad at me if I put Junior the third on a player that you don't know who, like, Senior is. He's like, no one cares. Like, leave it off unless we know who Senior is. Uh, so I, I always – I'm like, I, I always do that now. But, uh, yeah, I mean, Frank Gore – Frank Gore Jr. is going to play in the NFL. I don't know if he's going to be, a, a, you know, an outstanding running back, but he'll 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 get on a team for sure. Yeah, I agree. Uh, tomorrow night, Shane, you'll be watching Virginia Tech and NC State, 6.30 p.m. on ESPN. 
And uh, if you don't watch any other player in this game, Shane, I told you to watch this guy, cornerback Shamari Connor, Virginia Tech. I and Jim Nagy both big fans of this guy. Uh, so NC State, no Devin Leary out for the season, but they've got some stud linebackers. There, there's th- three linebackers on their team that could be playing in the NFL. Yeah, I, I think they have some guys, like you said, that are going to get drafted third day. Drake Thomas, uh, Peyton Wilson, very intriguing. I, I like Virginia Tech. Also, you know, you talked about uh, Shamari Connor, who's a good player. Um, but I think corner on the other side, NC State, uh, Sheheim Battle, is a player I liked a lot a couple years back and has really played up to his potential this season. So, but yeah, I'm a big fan of Shamari Connor. Uh, Shane, I'm going to finally, finally get to watch Washington State. We've been talking about it for weeks. Uh, 9 p.m. tomorrow night on FS1 Utah uh, at Washington State. I've watched Utah a few times uh, this year. Uh, But for me, I'm literally choosing this game just so I can finally get to watch Dayon Henley, the linebacker that you have talked glowingly about. Uh, these last few weeks. And I guess to see if Cameron Ward has anything worth watching. Yeah, it's been a tough year for Cameron Ward, but his arm's good. I'm interested to see if he can bounce back in this one. I love, you know, I love Dan Hemley. We'll see how he plays against a a Utah offense. That's pretty good. Maybe, maybe even we'll have to cover Dalton Kincaid, their tight end at some point might be a tough ask for, uh, for Hemley there. But if you get that matchup a couple times, that'd be fun. Um, Let's, is this, yeah, that's games Friday. I had to make sure. Friday night, uh, 7 p.m., Shane, you'll be watching on ESPN2, East Carolina at uh, BYU. Uh, we've both watched BYU several times uh, this season, but neither of us have watched East Carolina. So let's talk about them a little bit and what players for the Pirates there intrigue you um, and why is it wide receiver C.J. Johnson? CJ Johnson's had a wild career because as a freshman, I thought this guy was going to be an NFL stud, future first round pick, fell off, got suspended. Uh, he's had a ton of problems, then came back year four. Here he goes. Um, he's he's really performing well. Holton uh, Allers there, their quarterback, is, seems like he's been around forever. I really like Keaton Mitchell, their running back. If he plays in this game, um, he's intriguing. And I think Ryan Jones, uh, their tight end, could be an H-back, sixth, seventh rounder. We'll see how they do. Like I said, first time we've we've talked about them. Uh, another team that doesn't seem like we've talked about or teams uh, that we've talked about very often uh, is Boston College or UConn. And Shane, Saturday morning at 11 a.m. on CBS Sports Network, you'll be watching this game. Uh, I did watch Utah or UConn earlier this season. There isn't much there. But Zay Flowers, uh, Boston College, is a stud and uh, could be drafted high in the second round, I think. Uh, probably his ceiling. Uh, but let's talk about Phil Yurkovic there. He was considered a, a, a prospect there at one point, but that that's kind of – that blooms off that rose. Yeah, I, I think I think it's gone. Yeah, he had the injury, came back last year, looked bad. It's like, okay, it was an injury, and then this season's just been mediocre uh, at best, unfortunately. You know, who knows? He could stick around for another year and, and do some things. I'm going to challenge you on Zay Flowers. I think his ceiling could be a first-round pick. I think there, there's a world out there. I don't think it's likely, but I think it's possible that he challenges at the end of the first. He's going to work out well. He has the experience, uh, high-character player. 
So I, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a big Zay Flowers fan. Every time I watch him, like I gotta move him up another spot, and, and I just keep moving him up uh, spots in my rankings. I don't hate it. I Could don't happen. Uh, 11 a.m. on ABC. I'll be watching for the first time this season. Scott Wright's Notre Dame Fighting Irish, uh, as they'll be playing at Syracuse in. I don't know. It's not called the Carrier Dome anymore, but I'm not bothering to learn what they call. Um. So Notre Dame not having the season they thought they would have. They've got some intriguing players. Uh, definitely kind of want to watch. Is is Jer- I assume Jarrett Patterson's playing, or is he still hurt? Uh, I th- I think he's supposed to play in this game. I don't think it's uh, guaranteed, but I think he's supposed to play. Maybe he'll play. Um, I'm really, you know, I, I am. I've talked about Sean Tucker, and I was cussing the television watching their game against Clemson on the background is why is Sean Tucker only carrying the ball five times? Allegedly he was dinged up. I don't care. He's averaging 10 yards a carry. Get him the football. Maybe you beat Clemson. But anyway, so intrigued by that game, intrigued to see Notre Dame for the first time this year. They've got they've got players that are going to be drafted. So uh and the, the guy from Northwestern that transferred the safety. How's he been this year, Shane? Uh, up and down. I think he started slow. I think Brandon Joseph, their safety, started off slow. He was on my stock up list a couple weeks back. Um, I think he's getting better, and you're seeing Notre Dame come through. Even like Jack Kaiser, their linebacker, starting to play better, potential NFL draft pick. Uh, and Syracuse, watch out for offensive tackle Matthew Bergeron. He, he almost made my top five offensive lineman for today. Uh, had a rough game against Clemson, but before that, I think was absolutely dominant this season guy projected to play in the senior bowl. Uh, I think he's going to be one of those guys that you're going to see working out at multiple positions uh, when he comes down off the tackle, off the guard. I think he's going to, he's going to work out there. Uh, probably the game with maybe the most prospects in it this week is a game. I'll be watching Ohio state at Penn state 11 a.m. on Fox. We talked about it earlier. Um, it, you want to see the, these trench battles and how they hold up. Zach uh, Harrison, the uh, edge rusher for, Ohio State seems to have, I guess, come back to life a little bit. Uh, how does he do against uh, Olu Fashanu there? Let's see that matchup a little bit. Uh, let's see Penn State's guys go against these offensive tackles for um, Ohio State. Dewan Jones, a, a guy I haven't watched a whole lot of. I'll get to watch him this week and see how he performs. So, like I said, a lot of players – you know, in the, in this game, this is going to be one of those tapes that you probably come back to watch uh, multiple times in the off season, uh, especially for some of these Penn State guys to see how they play. Look, I'm, I'll be watching too. I know, if not for the site, but uh, as as a, as a Buckeye alum, this is a big one. I'm really interested. We're, we got two former NFL guys' sons against each other. Joey Porter Jr. is going to go up against Marvin Harrison Jr., who's not eligible for this class, but uh, Porter, a potential first-round pick. And watch out for a high state running back, Mayan Williams. They're, they're kind of backup, quote-unquote. Um, he's made the Doak Walker finalist list, uh, despite Travion Henderson being there. He's, he's fun to watch, and I think they're going to be a lot of physical running from Ohio State. You agree with Dane Brugler that Marvin Harrison Jr. would be wide receiver one if he was eligible in this class? He is my wide receiver one um, for next year. And I think right now, yeah, I mean, we haven't seen Jackson Smith, the Jigba play. Uh, yeah, I, I think Marvin Harrison, n- number one on the freak list for Bruce Feldman. Like, like, And he's performing. I don't know how you can get much better than that. Yeah. 
<laughs> uh, this is my first time watching Ohio State this year. So right. we'll hopefully, they, hopefully they don't disappoint you. <laughs> we'll see what happens. Uh, 11 a.m. FS1, Shane, you'll be watching Oklahoma at Iowa State. I feel like this is the first time we've talked about Iowa State this year. Maybe, maybe not. I'm not sure. But uh, Oklahoma, uh, t- I want to talk – tell me about their center, Andrew Rame there. I know you're high on him or have been. Uh, what's what's his story this year? Yeah, he's one of those guys I was high on coming into the year, and it has not worked out, right? We, all, I think we all have those players. I'm like, all right, I think he's going to take a big step and get better, and I think he got slightly worse as a third-year player. So I, I, I've knocked him down in my center rankings. Just inconsistent leverage, balance was has not been there. Um, I also think Anton Harrison, their left tackle, has probably been the best offensive lineman who's taken a step forward this season and played really well for Oklahoma. Uh, and I, Iowa State has some players too. I mean, Will McDonald, I think we've we've talked about in the past. He's a consistent player. He's not inconsistent <laughs> at all. So that's going to be a fun matchup. I think that'll be a good matchup. And Xavier Hutchinson, uh, Iowa State's receiver, really breaking out this year, could be a potential third day pick. Two uh, thirty p.m. on ESPN. Shane, I'll be watching Cincinnati uh, for the first time this season. They're at UCF, and. Uh, did I read that uh, was it Ben Bryant started last week at quarterback? Um, Ivan Pace Jr. has had a big year for them this year, the linebacker, so anxious to see him. And I've a, been a huge fan of uh, their tight end, Josh Wiley, and have been for a few seasons now. Uh, UCF, I mentioned a few weeks ago, I think Isaiah Bowser could be in that uh, role similar to uh, that Xander Horvath's having – as a rookie for the Chargers, I think you could see him get uh, some play there. And um, their offensive tackle, Tylen Grable, could be the answer to a trivia question here later that uh, we're going to talk about. Not one of my guesses, though, Shane. <laughs> there you go. Um, yeah, I, I think uh, I think Cincinnati is interesting. Ivan Pace, like you said, transferred from Miami of Ohio. You never know how that goes moving up like that sometimes. So. It's interesting, and yeah, yeah. UCF's offensive line—they they have some players. It's it's a good it's a good squad. They do have a bad mother on their offensive line. There, Samuel Jackson. There. <laughs> Three p.m. on the SEC Network chain, and since South Carolina is winning, I've just decided I'm going to keep watching them until they lose. So, uh, and I am wearing my South Carolina shirt this week in honor of the South Carolina Gamecocks being ranked in the top twenty-five for the first time. Since 2018, Shane. Well, how about that? I look. That's exciting for you. I'm. I'm. I'm proud. Proud of South Carolina for making it happen. Um, well, yeah. A few guys on Missouri to watch this week. Um, their edge rusher Trajan Jeffcoat been around a little while. Uh, like see how he plays. And um, DJ Coleman, a transfer up from Jacksonville State, another edge guy. Uh, see how he uh, see if he does anything at all this week. Uh, Look, Missouri's best prospects their kicker, Harrison Mevis. Okay. <laughs> um, I don't think he's a better kicker than Mitch Jeter. What do you think about that? I, well, uh, <laughs> we'll we'll see. We'll see which one gets uh, drafted higher in the. South Carolina players talk about uh, we've talked we talked about Marshawn Lloyd off the air a little bit uh, before we came on and he's finally coming around as one of the one of the top 
running backs in the SEC this year. But I got to talk about Zach Pickens, and we we've talked about him a lot before. And man, this guy is just—he's good, Shane. And when he is on, when he is a hundred percent engaged, he's hard to block. Yeah, look, I I loved him coming out of high school. I thought he was going to be a big time NFL prospect, and has kind of lived up to that. Um, and and going back to school, playing this year, I imagine will be at the Senior Bowl. I think you're going to see that athleticism that has worked in the SEC for years. That's hard to do. If he does indeed come to the Senior Bowl, he's going to be he's going to be the talk of it, and the and the one on ones. He's not going to get blocked very often. I'm just going to say that. All right. Look, I think it's a bold prediction. Let's see what happens. Uh, Pac-12 Network, uh, Shane, you and uh, 14 of your friends get to watch Southern Cal in Arizona at 6 p.m. Uh, Arizona, we haven't spoke much of them this year. We have spoke of the Trojans several times. Uh, so Arizona here, um, their edge rusher uh, – I'm uh, sorry, wide receiver Jacob Cowling. Uh, I swapped in last last minute swap. I put him in the uh, senior bowl predictions uh, there. The UTEP transfer. Uh, he, he's good. Uh, he is. He is so athletic. It's wild. Uh, and I wasn't sure if it translate. And then it's just that he's absolutely been dominant for them. Um, it, you know, Jane Delora, the quarterback, is kind of that. Mike Leach style while he came from Washington state, just throw it short and let Jacob Cowing do the work. I like Jordan Morgan, their offensive tackle as well. Um, the, his year's been up and down. So I think Arizona, not my lock of the week, but I, I, I think they're going to keep it close in this game uh, against Southern Cal. I like it. Uh, 6 30 PM Shane on ABC. You'll be watching Michigan state and Michigan. Uh, not the season Spartans. Uh, I think we're, Open app hasn't been good at all uh, for those guys. Who uh, who are some of the top players for Michigan State that that you think are gonna you know could be NFL players here? We've talked about Michigan a fair amount. Yeah, I, mean, I like their linebacker um, Jacoby Winman. Uh, he's I think he's been all over the field. He's trying to do everything. That's you know that that's uh, he's probably the guy that's impressed me the most. I do like Jaden Reed, their wide receiver. It's hard sometimes, <laughs> you know, he's, he's open. He's not getting the football. Um, but yeah, Michigan state, it's, it has been just a rough, rough season for them. He was the one I subbed out. <laughs> oh, Jacob Cowling in. Yeah, right. uh, fair, fair enough. Winman was a transfer up, correct? Yeah. I'm trying, I can't remember where he came from, but uh, yeah, was, was not someone that I had like super on my radar coming into the season UNLV um, okay. looking that up. So I didn't have him on my radar, but he's been good. Um, I've always liked their linebacker Corvarius couch, uh, Tennessee transfer. I have been a fan of his uh, 7 PM on the ACC network. Uh, Shane, I'll be watching for the first time, the Pitt Panthers uh, this season as they take on North Carolina. Um. I know he had the big game, uh, Israel Abanaconda. There you go. Yeah. Uh, had the big game earlier this season, went for plus 300. Uh, so it'd be anxious only, to see him. Only six touchdowns in that game. Well, you know. <laughs> we all That's have true. bad days. Yeah. 
Uh, anxious to see Habakkuk Baldonado, their edge rusher as well. And, you know, they've got several other players. Carter Warren uh, would have been in the Senior Bowl last year but went back to school. I suspect that he will be in the Senior Bowl this year. Uh, you know, I don't think much of their quarterback, Keaton Slovis. Um, it's been rough. Yeah. <laughs> North Carolina has a few players to watch, specifically uh, wide receiver Josh Downs, uh, stud player there, uh, top ten wide receiver prospect in this class, I believe. So, uh Anybody else in this game? Yeah, yeah. I pit John Morgan the third, their edge rusher. He's he's good. They have a really good defensive front seven. I like Kalijah Cansey, the under um, undersized defensive lineman. And uh, I mean North Carolina, they might have the top quarterback in twenty twenty four and Drake May uh, potential to be the number one quarterback taken, number one overall pick type material to me as I've watched them this year. Ahead of Caleb Williams, I I don't I don't have that yet, but. I, Big difference in size between those two. So we'll see what happens. Okay. Uh, 9.30 p.m. on FS1, Shane. I'll be watching hopefully Jake Hayner, but I doubt it. Uh, San Diego State at Fresno State. Uh, Hayner's been out for most of this season. Um, so I don't know. Maybe he'll play. Maybe not. Jalen Cropper, their wide receiver. Uh, pretty good prospect. San Diego State, uh, maybe their best prospect is Jesse Matthews, wide receiver, uh, more of a late uh, day three guy. I, I like Patrick McMorris, the safety for San Diego State as well. Uh, he's, he's a physical player, really intriguing. And I, I don't know I don't know if Jake Hayner is going to play, but I think Vegas thinks he will. I think the line's like 14 and a half in this game. Um so maybe, maybe maybe you will get to maybe see. they know maybe they maybe know they know they knew about Will Levis not playing against South Carolina, didn't they? When we were that, that is true. Um, nine thirty p.m. on ESPN, Shane. You'll be watching Stanford at UCLA. Probably we talk about UCLA every week for the last two months. Once again, they play like the only late game that ever. So I you got to watch them. We've also talked about Stanford a, a couple of times here recently. Uh, any any particular players maybe we haven't – talk about uh, Layatu Latu there, the uh, edge rush from UCLA. He's, uh, he's come up uh, in conversations here recently. Yeah, I mean, he, he just has a great first step, gets around the edge, really good bend. Um, he's been impressive. Even that Oregon game, he was starting to get some pressure and I thought maybe could help UCLA come back. Him and Grayson Murphy, the North Texas transfer on the other side, really good uh, duo there for UCLA. All right, so that's that's the 15 games we'll be watching uh, this week. Shane, uh, for the first time this season, we both took L's last week, uh, and they weren't particularly uh, good L's either. <laughs> so no. Both teams uh, took it on the chin there. Uh, you had UCLA. They got smoked. I had Old Dominion. They got smoked. It was not I'm, a good week. I'm mad. UCLA did not punt in that game. They just could have gotten touchdowns instead of field goals. Like, what would have covered? So I was just angry. Well, you know. So, five, three, and one for each of us. We got to get it back this week, Shane. Yeah. And you know what? I'm keeping it home. <laughs> the homer pick. You know what? And the homer I pick. I am doubling my normal bet that I put on these games. I doubled my bet this week. South Carolina, double lock of the week, minus three and a half at home against Missouri. 
Lock it down, Shane. Six, three, and one. You're, you're right. You know, Vegas never wants people to bet on their hometown team because that, that's never their goal. <laughs> the team that look, look, I, I consider it too. I mean, I, I think South Carolina is much better than Missouri. So, but Missouri kept it close to Georgia. You never know how this could go. Um, I, you're, you're going with a favorite. I'm going with a big underdog. I'm going Georgia Tech plus 24 and a half um, at Florida State. Since Georgia Tech fired their head coach, uh, they, they've played, they've, they started on a three-game winning streak. Um, their defense is still a little questionable, especially against the run, as we talked about with, uh, against Pitt. But, you know, they they pulled it out. Um, I I just think they're going to keep it close. Uh, Florida State has only covered that spread once this season. They've only they've won by 30 points, I think, in one game. They're on a three-game losing streak. Uh, so, you know, I, I think – I think Georgia Tech's a better team now than they were early in the season when they got smoked every game. I think I think they they lose by three touchdowns to cover the spread. Shane getting a lot of points there. A lot, a lot. Look, I I like a lot of points. I don't I don't hate that. Uh, to be honest, I don't. Shane, are you ready to play a game? Yeah, let's. let's I don't know if this is going to be a weekly segment, <laughs> but we're going to play a game called. Guess who Jim Nagy was cryptically <laughs> talking about? So during the uh, Monday night football game this week, uh, Jim Nagy tweeted out that he was watching a group of five right tackle while occasionally peeking at Monday night football, who will be a starting center in the NFL. Group of five right tackle who will be a starting center in the NFL. Now, our good buddy uh, Eric Edholm, uh, replied that he thought it was Aaron Frost from Nevada. Now, unless Jim Nagy was watching old tape, which he could have been, uh, Aaron Frost hasn't played this season. Plus, I think he was a left tackle uh, last year at Nevada. So, Shane, <laughs> we'll get a couple of guesses here. Uh, who do you think that Jim Nagy was talking about? Oh, man, like it is – it, it is difficult to guess because a it's not it's about who's who's playing right tackle for a G five and they have to be able to play center which I don't know that that's a tough projection always to make um, it happens but it's I think it's tough to uh, to see that so my I'll, I'll give you my number one pick and that's Cooper Hodges right tackle we have him as a guard for Appalachian State. Um, he's, he's shorter. I think he fits the center mold, a uh, very solid player. He's been a great run blocker and your guy, Cameron Peoples had the big rushing game behind Cooper Hodges on the right side. So I feel like if you're going to be impressed, that's uh that's my number one pick. My number one pick also from the Sunbelt conference. I am going to go with a guy who I was impressed with earlier this season while watching, uh, I was not impressed with watching that whole team last week as they cost me money. But I am going to go with the Old Dominion Monarch right tackle, Nick. Saldiverdi? Am I pronouncing it? Saldiverdi. Saldiverdi. 65307 right tackle for the Monarchs. Uh, I have no idea if he can transition inside, but he's a group of five starting right tackle that I've watched. So he gets them, I guess. Shane? Second guess for you. All right. I'm going off the board because this guy 
is not in this draft. And that's why I think it's a cryptic tweet. I think perhaps this is a player for down the line for Jim Nagy. I'm going with Josh Simmons, right tackle for San Diego State, uh, as my second choice. Maybe a guy we don't see for a while. 6'6", 305. Uh, he's, he's, he's high pro football focus score. Getting, a, getting some publicity at San Diego State at right tackle. Maybe this is the guy that we see in two years at the Senior Bowl. My second and final guess here, I will stick with this draft class and stick with uh, another player in the Mountain West Conference, a guy who we were watching a little bit last year, and that is Fresno State right tackle Ooh. Dante Bull. That's a good one. And that's a good name. That's a good, that's that's a a good name. name for an offensive lineman. Uh, he's a bit taller than what I think a center probably should be. But Ethan Pochick from LSU was 6'7". I didn't say it really worked out that well, but he was a center. Uh, So Dante Bull, 6'7", 326, uh, is my second guess from Fresno State. That's that's good. I actually – I also had – Nick Sautaveri on my list too, so um, I'm with you there on that one. Okay. So – that, that's our two guesses. Uh, maybe maybe we'll get a, a little hint at some point, or maybe we'll just never find out. <laughs> we're never, never going to. There's no way we're, we're ever going to find out. out uh, who and, and you, you can ask Jim Nagy. He's not going to remember in three months. You're, you're uh, probably right. I, like I, I, I need to strike on this while the iron's hot. I'm, <laughs> I might have to uh, put some feelers out to see, uh, yeah. uh, to see if I can get some information. <laughs> okay, so. Let's go to some questions, Shane. Uh, we've got a couple in the chat here, and we got one on Discord. I don't think we got any on Twitter. Did did, did I, we get any? I do not think so, no. Okay, so let's go to Sam here uh, from our uh, Draft Countdown Discord. Ask, uh, who are your favorite day one, two, and three slot corners? It's a really good question because I think slot corners are in demand, basically have the treatment of a starting big corner. Um, and I think there's a lot of guys that even play outside in college that could go to the slot. Like I like Clark Phillips, the third from Utah, potential slot corner in the NFL. Um, if we want to talk about a day one player. Um, I think Dan two- Smith could be in that mold too, South Carolina. That, that, that's, a, that's, he, he's playing, that's some, he's playing a good uh, bit of his snaps in the slot already. Uh, for South Carolina this year. So, yeah, I mean, that, that's an easy transition as well. I like um guy I had on my stock up list this week, Jacorian Bennett from Maryland. Uh, I think he would be a good slot corner as well. Uh, maybe that day two molt. Uh, day three guy that I, I, I like, and I've talked about it uh, a few times on the podcast, is UCLA Stephen Blaylock. I think he could be a, uh, a solid get on day three, special teams, slot corner, nickel guy, fourth round. I, I like Stephen Blaylock on day three. Yeah, I mean, I, I think my day three is a a slot uh, guy that we've talked about before, TCU, Travius Hodges, Tomlinson, small, short playmaker. You know, he's I think he's born to be a slot corner in the NFL. Uh, he also um, – any players that jump out on tape for being what Dan Campbell would describe as a kneecap biter. So I'm guessing <laughs> Sam's a Lions fan. He is. Yeah, I think he Poor is. Poor fellow. It's it's rough. It's rough out on those streets there for them. Um, you know, I'll say I'll say a guy that comes to mind, maybe even with their second pick in the first round. Um, Southern Cal defensive lineman Tuli 
Tupolatu. I'm gonna get that at some point. Uh, but he uh, he's he's a physical, nasty player, and they the Lions need some help on that run defense. I mean, that, it is really bad. Which so. is crazy considering the amount of capital they've spent in the last few years on that same position. Yeah, so. that, two years ago they they drafted a ton of guys, two guys high, and just hasn't worked out. So I like him. I like uh, linebackers. A big need Jack Campbell from Iowa. I would love to see him play for Dan Campbell. Um, few questions here in the chat. Uh, good buddy Nino there asks, What are our thoughts on Luke McCaffrey, Rice wide receiver? Is this former Nebraska quarterback, Luke McCaffrey? Yeah, former Nebraska quarterback, now Rice receiver, brother of Christian McCaffrey. Um, pr- producing, I think he has a, he has a ton I haven't of watched Rice, he has a ton so. of catches this year. I, I haven't watched him play. I remember watching him in Nebraska come in some trick plays running around. I was like, it's, it's, he's athletic. Like he's good. Um, receivers probably his best fit. We'll, we'll see. We'll see what happens. I don't know. Uh, Stephen B asks, how the heck do we know what to make of CJ Stroud with so many weapons? I mean, this is simple to me. Uh, Joe Burrow at LSU, all the weapons he had uh, Tua at Alabama. The, the evaluations to me is the same. If they can't produce with those guys, then you worry. Right. Yeah, then it's a big problem. <laughs> then it's a problem. Uh, I don't think it hurts his evaluation that he has so many great players. If, if like I said, if CJ Stroud was struggling with those guys, th- then we've got an issue. I think for me, really look at where is he putting the football, right? Like, is it where a lesser receiver could make the catch? Um, you watch the Iowa game. He, you know, he had a, a pretty average game early. And then one drive, it was, you know, sideline throw, perfect placement. Touchdown to Marvin Harrison was right in the breadbasket on the corner of the end zone, outside shoulder. I mean, NFL throw, NFL throw, NFL throw, where, yeah, Marvin Harrison's great. You you, you know, you could have put Luke McCaffrey back there would have made that catch. Uh, so, you know, I, I don't think it matters to me. I, I think C.J. Stroud is a, a top quarterback prospect. He has a ton of production. Um I think there's always a worry. I think there's going to be a worry. There's going to be some helmet scouts that are worried uh, about Ohio State quarterbacks or about the weapons. Uh, you're going to hear it, but uh, I don't know. From everything I've seen, I, I feel like he's he's got the juice and he has the ball placement uh, more often than not. There is a discussion to have between him and Bryce Young, one we'll have later on down the road, I'm sure. Uh, I was having a conversation about it today with somebody else, and but like I said, we'll, we'll save that for uh, we'll save that money uh, for another day. Uh, Stephen B. also with the comment, uh, Marshawn Lloyd coached by Marshawn Lattimore. He meant Marcus Lattimore. Uh, no, uh, Marcus Lattimore was uh, he had something to do with South Carolina a few years ago, some sort of outreach uh, off the field position. Uh, he's actually coached by another really good collegiate running back, uh, Monterio Hardesty. Uh, is the South Carolina running Ooh, back coach man. and a uh, good recruiter uh, there for the Gamecocks? But that I, is- I loved Montario Hardesty coming out of college. He just injuries, man. He was he was so good though. Yeah, he is the South Carolina running back coach. Uh, Shane, final thoughts here. I had my Senior Bowl stuff go up last week. The offense, uh, years going with the defense this year, were flip flop roles from last year. Uh, we we hit it about a 52-53% clip. Uh, when it was all said and done last year. So hopefully maybe we can top that this year. 
I think we will. And, you know, you did better than I did last year. I think you'll continue to do well. You have a lot of experience with the senior bowl. I will be very happy to get offense back. I'll say that trying to do defense was <laughs> a pain in the butt, but all that on Friday, um, tomorrow, Brad's coming out with his top 10 quarterbacks. So some interesting names on that list. It is some interesting names. And uh, yeah, yeah. Which, which <laughs> is great. I mean, that's why we're bringing different people on different perspectives. And then, uh, Sunday, Miranda is talking about the NFL MVP race, which is uh, exciting. And um, I, I, I'm trying, I did not bet on the MVP. I did bet Hennon Hooker for Heisman uh, before the Alabama game. So, so that's that's the one I'm holding out hope for. I am holding out hope for uh, two straight South Carolina wins, and I'll be cashing a ticket on uh, over uh, wins for this year as the over was six. So – just got to get a Missouri and a Vanderbilt win. If you get that uh, lock of the week, then this is a big one. Cash money. Uh, that's going to do it for tonight. Uh, so, subscribe to our YouTube channel. Uh, hit that notification bell so you get notified when we go uh, live with our podcast each and every week. If you listen to the audio version of the podcast, uh, leave us a good review. Give us the old uh, share and all that good stuff. Get the word out about the Draft Countdown podcast. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Deep Fried Draft. Follow Shane on Twitter at Shane P. Howell. Follow Draft Countdown on Twitter at Draft Countdown. And as always, go to DraftCountdown.com for all of your NFL draft needs. For Shane, I'm Brian. Good night, everybody.